Hi folks, Tristan here with an announcement before we start today's episode. You may have already seen this on our social media, but we have changed our name. After gathering some listener feedback, we found that the podcast was a little hard to find and our name may not have represented us as well as we thought. We here at the Reading and Language Learning Center are speech-language pathologists, but the guests that we interview on the show come from everywhere. This is because our goal is to discuss treating the whole child, which takes a myriad of different clinicians and educators. And since we interview more than just SLPs, we decided to name our podcast More Than Words, with a subtitle of Treating the Whole Child. We hope this makes the podcast easier to find and to share with parents, educators, and other clinicians who you think will benefit from what we have to say here. So thank you so much for your feedback. It helps us out a lot. And please always feel free to leave us comments and reviews so that we know what you all want to hear from us. All of the same links will work to get to the podcast, and we haven't changed our social media. So you can still find us at Reading LL Center on Facebook and Instagram, the Reading and Language Learning Center on YouTube, as well as www.readingllcenter.com. We hope you enjoy the new name, and let's hop right into this episode. Welcome back to More Than Words, a podcast where we discuss treating the whole child. Today, we will be talking to Christy Davies about AAC. How are you today, Christy? I'm good. How are you? I'm wonderful. We're excited to have you here and excited to um, have you share what you do. So that's the first thing I'd love for you to do is tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Of course. Uh, Again, my name is Christy Davies. I am a speech-language pathologist a AAC specialist. AAC stands for Augmentative Alternative Communication. So I work primarily my days with children or adolescents, sometimes adults, but mostly children who have a communication need strong enough that requires additional services outside of traditional speech therapy. Okay. Awesome. So, um, if people were looking to find your services or something like that, where would they find you like physically in the world and then also online? Oh, of course. So we have, um, it's actually super exciting. I haven't even, you're the first to know. I didn't <gasps> haven't put it out there yet. So we actually just moved into this very super big um, clinic space. So we're very excited. We're in Mount Laurel, New Jersey, which Amazing. is in Burlington County next to Philly. Yes. So we are literally furnishing this very, very large space. So we're <gasps> very very excited. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, so we're in South Jersey and uh, online we're speech language associates.com. And then that's our, our handle and all the social media speech language associates. It's an amazing mouthful. My husband <laughs> always jokes like, when are you going to abbreviate that? Um, <laughs> but at this point it just kind of like rolls off the tongue. Right. Uh, yeah. So on Facebook and all the, all the handles were speech language associates. Amazing. I'll have it linked in the show notes for people so they can find you guys. Okay. Perfect. Amazing. Well, if you're ready to start chatting about AAC, I am too. That sounds good. Awesome. So you did this already, but remind us, what does AAC stand for? 
Yeah, of course. Cause I do get some pretty um, funny or interesting acronyms that people believe it is. So AAC stands for augmentative alternative communication. So basically those big words mean um, anything that augments or enhances, you know, makes better um, or anything that um, alternative, anything that changes what is expected or quote unquote, the typical or the norm. So for AAC, that would mean that if you have, you know, some speech, but maybe I don't want to use the words, not enough, but for some reason, you're not able to participate fully, you know, have a fulfilled life as it relates to communication. You need something to augment. You need something to enhance that. Um, Alternative, obviously, could also mean if it's just not a viable option for you, then you need a a different means to get your message across. So therefore, like you just are seeking alternative ways. So AAC could that A and the other A can be either either or both. Um, depending on the circumstance. Okay, cool. Um, so when would you say using AAC is warranted? You kind of touched on that, but go a little deeper if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, this is a question I struggle with because it's a tricky question. Cause it, I hate to answer a question with a question, but it's in my mind and across, obviously I'm biased as this is what I do every day, all day is I kind of say like, well, when isn't it warranted? Um, I think sometimes we don't even realize that we're using AAC, you know, so myself as someone who's a signer, you know, like I, I um, use and teach sign language uh, as like just a little hobby thing that I do. And obviously now incorporating into, you know, my career world um, at my own kitchen table. Like if my mouth is full, I'm signing napkin and my child is like handing me a napkin, you know, like that's AAC, like my, my mouth, my speech is not available. I am communicating in another way. And, you know, and I joke and say that, but, um, it's, it's needed whenever, again, that there isn't fulfillment or feeling purpose within themselves with the means that is your God-given abilities. Um, so it could be something that is congenitally based or acquired, or even could be acquired like just a minute after birth, you know, like, or it could be acquired at any, any point, um, in life. Um, so it's really what, wherever there is some sort of need or delay in communication or speech that is significant enough that the person or the team around this person feels that they can't fulfill that with their, their own being, you know, with their speech mechanism themselves. Right. Okay. So, um, I, I might be backtracking here, but can you give us some other examples? Cause you started talking about sign language. Can you give us other examples of like AAC that you would like? use? Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge, it's a huge, huge field. And I think sometimes people get really confused of what it is and or isn't, or that it is maybe more narrow because it is so, so broad. Um, AAC, they not to get all technical and geeky, but they call it like aided or unaided. So like, if it's unaided means that's my own person that like using sign language, asking for a napkin in sign language at dinner um, or at a loud restaurant that's unaided like this on my person. This is something I can do. I can use my hands and I can sign napkin and someone understands me and they give me a napkin. That's a form of AAC. Um, when people think AAC, they think like, you know, the famous people like that one show that I think is off the air now, but I think it was on like ABC. I can't even think of the name right now. Or like, you know, Stephen Hawking's or things like that with it. this huge, elaborate, expensive technology 
computer system of some sort, tablet, something like that, that's also AAC, but it fills the gamut in between those two things. Um, it has this own very large spectrum rainbow, per, if you can use those sort of words. So it could be anything from just pen and paper to to sign to a communication board to something battery operated to something like you have to plug in battery operated, it charges all the time. So it it's it's very diverse of the okay. different means that can be called AAC. Okay. So going back to the actual human at hand, what can AAC do for like a child? Um, so I think this is really contingent on the, the child and their environment. Of course. When I say environment, I think of like all the people in their environment. Um, so as long as they have the right team, you know, um, parents are our best cheerleaders, you know, our best supporters or, or caregivers, whoever that, that team is, um, it can open any door, right? I mean, individuals with AAC, they're, they're attending schools and colleges, just as you and I um, did, you know, with our unaided, you know, with our own speech mechanism without AAC. They're, you know, they're obtaining jobs, they're having uh, fruitful relationships, they're, they're, you know, getting married, and they are getting their own cars. And, and I think, it, hopefully, um, just with the types of technology there are now that you can use AAC on your Apple Watch, you can use AAC on your Apple iPhone, or your Android, or, you know, it doesn't have to be this huge clunky thing, this device that people are thinking of, I think it helps there be more um, diversity and acceptance in what it can or can't be, quote unquote. And so we're having children being able to really feel like they're creating bonds with with friends and they're answering questions and they're participating. And um, they're not just kind of getting Q&A'd, I call it, like question and answer. They're not just getting like drilled all day. Like they actually get to ask the questions now and um, really like sky's the limit. Um, as long as their team is with them and on their side, like they can do just about anything, you know, that you and I can do. It might take them like a hot beat a little bit, a second more, you know, we have to be patient because <laughs> right. um, no one can ever <laughs> replicate how fast you and I are talking. Right. right. Like, you, just, you can't do that outside of that. There is nothing, you know, there's nothing that the AAC can't help them with for sure. Yeah. That's awesome to hear. Um, and you had talked about kind of like the Apple Watch and talking about different technology. So since you said there are so many different device options, can you share a couple that are like low tech or low price or both? Sure. So um, there's what they consider, you know, like no tech, low tech, mid tech, high tech, again, kind of like a, a stepping gradual um, process there. So when you think of like low tech itself, that's when we would start with like communication boards or communication books. Uh, maybe one of those like playground park signs that you see now that are getting a little trendy, which is really awesome to see, you know, that people are sponsoring these and getting these big communication boards at uh, playgrounds. Um, and so that's what you think when you think uh, low tech, something that you could almost Google image and you could pick up an image or use symbol sticks or some sort of image set and create something or, or adapt something that's already created. Um, low tech again could also be paper and pencil. You know, I myself have uh, dysphagia. So years ago when I had surgery, I couldn't talk. And so they didn't know sign language, which obviously most of my, my circle doesn't, but some of them do, you know, I had to use paper and pencil, like that's yeah. still low tech. Right. So, um, but low price, uh, fortunately just due to our climate and culture right now, like 
there are a lot of tablets that are lower price, you know, not to say, you know, an iPad cheap, but in the grander scale, the scheme of, of AAC, you know, like it's, it is nice sometimes that you can get a tablet off of, you know, Target or Best Buy shelf for a couple hundred dollars or off of Facebook marketplace or something, you know, or, or some sort of holiday gift gifted down or, or re-gifted that you can use some sort of tablet, um, and modify it for means, uh, for AAC for a child. So that, you know, it's, it, yeah, a couple hundred dollars can get costly, but on the grander scale of, you know, several thousand dollars, um, for some of these systems that I have to recommend, um, it's, it feels a little bit more, um, affordable. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good to hear. Um, I want to go back to something you mentioned, uh, the communication boards. Is that what you said? Mm-hmm. Okay. Can yes. you describe those? I've never, I've, I, maybe I know what you're talking about and I just can't think of it, but I want to, I want you to elaborate on it if you can. Yeah, sure. So communication boards can literally just be a piece of eight and a half by 11 paper that you like laminated or cardstock or something. And and there's think of like a board, uh, you know, I'm making it up like five by five little picture cells and it could be different pictures on there and they're touching the different cells, the different squares and the pictures have, have a label on the top. And it says, you know, they touch the different boxes and it would say like, you know, want to eat and they're moving their finger to the different boxes and, and, and providing you this language uh, communication in that way. Um, sometimes these higher tech systems, these very expensive apps or these very expensive communication systems come with these already printed on, you know, legal or regular standard paper. So you can obviously adapt those as well. Um, some really other awesome things we do with these communication boards. I mentioned, you know, you can get them immensely blown up. You might see them in your school systems, but you know, you can get these very large boards and put them on playgrounds. So that creates that, um, that connectedness where our, our children who need AAC can now be with peers who don't need AAC and they can have that together. We use AAC um, in classes as a collective whole, and that even our non-AAC users are using it for a variety of reasons, as well as also just that peer, um, that buddy, that relationship piece, that acceptance where like, I'm going to help you, even if I'm not directly teaching and tutoring you at this moment or whatever, where we want to give that coaching, um, they're just showing acceptance. You know, and I, I can use this just just like you can use this. It's it's okay, right? It's yeah. just part of our world, you know. Um, just like if your child is deaf and you choose to learn sign language to bring him or her up, if your child needs AAC, you need to make a choice of I will or won't learn whatever AAC modality they're using because if, if I don't know it, how can I tell how can I teach it to them? Right. So that acceptance piece, um, the communication boards can really help with that because clearly, you know, you don't, you can't go around supplying everybody with an iPad or everybody with communication system just to give acceptance. <laughs> right. That's not, you know, that's not a viable financial option. Um, but certainly we can, you know, have boards around schools, hallways or in bathrooms or in playgrounds and things like that. Um, and you can get very creative with them. You know, if you yeah. need like a more fall Halloween one versus a more core language one or a little mix of both, you know, so you could do different things. You can adapt them very well or use them in a pool, you know, laminate and put them in a soda bottle and they float like a little boy, you know, and there's someone can, I, I have, you know, a little, little toddler AAC user who that was like our suggestion for the summer was to put the laminate paper in the soda bottle and let it just float. And so she can just touch it and didn't worry about anything getting wet. You know, her iPad clearly wasn't making it into the pool <laughs> and she still could say like, you know, uh, feel happy or something in, in the pool. And, um, when she didn't have her AAC traditional means with her. Thank you for elaborating on that. That's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so this is another interesting question, but can you share a little bit of a story from your experience on the success of a child using AAC? Yes. Um, these are obviously why we do what we do, right? Like we, no matter what, if it's AAC or wherever we are in our speech and or language therapy of what we do, um, the one I think of when I heard this question was, um, I call her Charlie Angel. Um, uh, and I did ask her mom, so I am allowed to use her name, Charlie. And she has Angelman syndrome. And she is just amazing. And I met her before she turned two. Um, parents accepted it, embraced it right away, and just cheerleaded the fact that they wanted to do anything and everything for her. Um, and I came on board. And we started with with some low tech. Um, we tried some high tech, but you know we're talking a 20, 20 month old. You know their little fingers can't do you know what our right. fingers can do, <laughs> um, whether it be in sign or touching something. You know, there's no finger isolation at that age. <laughs> and um, we had some very very broad goals, like just kind of like let's see if she could just kind of slap a communication book, you know, right. uh, page, you know, her board and. And looks looks for very basic things. Long story short, fast forward to not even a year, she graduated. If we can use that word, she moved on from her low tech. She mid tech like was not even an option for her. She flew right through that. Wow. She moved on to a high tech um, iPad with a key guard, which is amazing. It's just a very mild, you know, mid tech adaption on these iPads. And not only that, but then within the system that she's using, she did so well that we were able to move her to like a very robust language enriched system. Wow. So right now, Charlie just turned three a little over a month ago. Oh my gosh. And she started preschool and I had the ability to train her new preschool staff um, saying like, here it is. And I got to show them on the screen and they were a little familiar with her just from meeting her briefly. And I was like, and this is all the things she can do. Blah, blah, blah. And I just went off on this whole big list. Yeah. She can do this. She can ask you for her food. She's going to, she's going to greet you. She's going to possibly tell you she has to go potty. Right. She's going to, you know, um, ask for her preferred toys. She's going to tell you who she hung out with last night. She's going to tell you your name. She's going to, you know, and I just come up with this huge list of things that she could do. Yeah. Um, she wears it, you know, she has this cute little leopard print harness that she wears and she does it perfectly. Oh. This is the same little girl who couldn't even walk without her hand held, even two hands held when I oh first met gosh. her. So like leaps and bounds. I mean, AAC has given her more smiles. You know, AAC has given her parents more smiles, right? Yeah. It's given her grandparents a feeling of connectedness to someone who they know she's not able to say their name. And now she uses her talker and she's saying, you know, pop up or Mimi or, and, and my mom and grandma and all the other, like, you know, she goes through them all and it's purposeful. She's not just hitting things to hit things. She's telling us that she's hungry. She's telling us that she wants some water. Um, she's going towards her device. She's using just amazing language. She's expanding her vocabulary. You know, we always look at like language stages as speech language pathologists. We're always looking at like making sure we don't miss a beat about, you know, communication and language stages and, and different vocabulary that they're supposed to do. Um, and for someone with, you know, a pretty substantial syndrome such as Angelman, she's she's showing the world that 
a label doesn't matter. She's right. showing the world that like, I'm going to do this. And uh, just earlier, you know, I was talking about teams and who's around you and she, her parents are of course her number one supporters, but like they have, they have such a, you know, a warm heart that they're the team yeah. that they are building around her feels it, you know? So when you yeah. all kind of have that same, those same feelings, of course, we're always working for our clients and our students or whoever, you know, whatever title we want to call them, but you just know that, you know, you're making a difference in her life and she's just growing in leaps and bounds. And it's, it's great to watch. It's what, like 13 months and the stuff to see her do is to think a year ago, I was working with somebody who couldn't even like isolate a finger and was like slapping a piece of paper. It's it's crazy. That is amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's exciting to know, like to be, I'm grateful that I'm still part of her journey. Yeah. Um, they're very, very large in, um, the angel men society, like fast, they're very large into the the whole group. And so like for her to be almost like one of not the spokespersons for arrangement, but like for her to be this, you know, this amazing light in angel men syndrome and say, Hey, look, you know, like this yeah. little girl is able to do so much like your child can do that too. Oh, so it's, it's super exciting. Wow. That's incredibly inspiring as well. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah. Wow. Of course. Oh, that just makes my heart happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Well, it makes my heart happy as well. <laughs> I love call. I actually call her Charlie angel. Whenever I'm talking about, it. I'm like Charlie angel. I mean, oh I, I know, I know it means angelman syndrome, but I mean, seriously, when you see her and how happy she is, it's just like, Oh, she's, you know, she is. An she's angel. one of the reasons why we do what we do. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I hope that I hope that any SLPs that are listening and like anyone else that is thinking about working with AAC that inspires them to really dig deep. Yeah. Cause I think one of the issues that we have sometimes um, is we can get accidentally narrow focused or think about all the things that Charlie couldn't do. I mean, right. at 20, 21 months, like I could list a lot of things that Charlie could not do, you know, but I presumed competence. I presumed that there's a lot of things in this little girl that I don't know. Mm -hmm. And it's not fair on her. If I make these assumptions that like, well, because you can't walk independently, uh, you're never going to be able to hold your device. You know, you're never going to transport or carry your device or because you can't isolate your finger. We're not going to move forward with more words. We're going to isolate, we're going to limit your words and make you like hit like a big max switch, switch, right. you know, when there's like big things you can almost buy on Amazon, you know, it's a mm-hmm. joke, you know, um, that we have like our, you see all the, the, the memes and all the things on uh, line now that yeah, like we're teaching our dogs and, you know, me as well, like to hit these big switches, <laughs> right. Really so. And not to say that they don't have their place in what we do as a, as a um, speech language pathology group, but like to not limit her, you know, right. she, she was, she's just, grown leaps and bounds globally. And her communication has, I think, surpassed where anybody thought she would be. And it, she just keeps growing. Like, it's not like, okay, now we're like dead ending. No, like she's, she's going places, you know, she's putting two words together at three years old with someone with, you know, some, some cognitive and language deficits. And she's already putting language together. It's, wow. it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I love to hear that. <laughs> Well, not to hop off Charlie's story too quickly, but um, I do have one last kind of like big question for you, which is, have you found ways to incorporate AAC into teaching early literacy skills? Yes. Yes. I think this is really important. And this has actually kind of a little bit kind of 
veered my direction in the past few years that I'm going out of my way to learn more about literacy. Uh, obviously, I have the standard speech language background as all other SLPs. I, uh, I received my doctorate in, in um, AAC parent training. So that was okay. a little bit more you know, narrow, isolated. But I realized literacy was the missing link. Uh, I truly realized that our children who are trying, their teachers are asking us, you know, we're going for AAC consultation or we're coaching teachers and other people. And they're saying like, I can't test him to find, you know, a, a FNP level, or I can't test this person to figure out like what they can or can't understand. And there's tons of very relevant, um, just genuine questions about like, I, I don't know what he or she actually knows versus what they're quote unquote copying or matching on their, mm-hmm. on their AAC system. And it made me really dive in deep. So I'm, I'm in the middle of tons of my own personal research as it relates to literacy and AAC. And there is some really great stuff out there right now. Anyway, with like Dr. Karen and Erickson and, and others. Um, but I think um, making sure that systems are set up correctly one thing I find when I enter in a new system is that they might only have a graphic symbol and they don't even have a, like a text orthographic label on that, like uh-huh. little things like that, just making sure that we're not accidentally already starting with puzzle pieces missing. You know, mm-hmm. when a, a child starts with an AAC system, like, like Charlie, uh, you know, I know she's 20 months and, and a symbol of text means nothing to her, but it, she still deserves that, that right to have that word ball on top of the picture of ball, something right. as simple as that. But, um, we are incorporating reading much more now. We have some children who actually are fond of like reading like sight word books or we're directly communicating with like reading specialists that we work with um, in school districts to say like, well, if this child didn't have AAC, what would you be trying to teach him or her? And let me be the one to figure out how to adapt that and how to modify maybe their AAC system or modify how you're teaching it to support this. Um, AAC, there's, you know, like there's, there's no, it's harder. Don't, um, I don't mean to say that it's not, but there's no reason why we still can't incorporate early literacy skills. You know, when we're doing um, story times, we model and we show teachers how to use the AAC system right in the midst of them in the middle of reading, right? Just like how, if, again, they're going back to, you know, being deaf or sign language. You're going to have a teacher who's going to sign in the middle of doing, you know, like brown bear, brown bear, what do you see? And they're going to move their hands while they're talking. I need to move my finger on my AAC system and hit some of those words, right? Like that's the same sort of thing. I'm enriching that child with their AAC system while I'm also doing these these other things, you know, and story read-alongs. Um, sometimes we use what we call like cheat sheets or picture cues, the little symbols that add up, they call icon sequences, the little symbols that add up to be the word bear. Uh, we might put them on their papers. So like they're reading in words, but they're also reading in symbols because that's what their device looks like. So you have to pair those things together and then you you teach to separate them out versus separating them out and teaching them separate. You put them together and then you, you weed them apart. Um, and then teach that a little bit more isolated. So we we are definitely doing our research right now as it relates to AAC and more so how it relates to how the general public schools are already expecting it. Like if you're in a very private uh, specialized school, yes, they have different curriculums available and they have different supports available to them and are more familiar with AAC. Um, but since we're doing so much support in public schools, it's those teachers who are like, I just don't know what to do with this student. And so we are trying our best. We're creating different, adapting different materials for them. 
um, to make sure that that child can be as much of a part of reading um, with their peers so that they're not just quote unquote matching, you know, a picture with a picture or something that they're actually learning sounds and they're learning letters and, and how those letters go together. So it's a work in progress. I do not have the answer, but we're, we're, we're trying, we're plugging away. Um, and I find that, you know, since literacy is a part of everything that we do in school, you know, you can't even solve a math problem anymore without literacy, right? So I, I think it's just super important to, after we're learning our AAC system and the language with that system, that we go right into literacy because literacy only gets more complex. So um, that's been our goals recently with yeah. our children with AAC. That's awesome and very cool to hear. And I would love as you, you know, get more and more into that research to hear more about it because that's yeah, for sure. I'm, it makes it makes sense as you hear it, right? To um have the literacy go along with the kind of the AAC journey. But it is interesting that sometimes it isn't taught at the same time, the right. you know, the literacy components. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, that was my last question for you, but if you have anything else you want to share or anything you want to say for parents or SLPs before we sign off, I'd love to hear it. Uh, not particularly, but I, the, well, I guess one thing I always, I think of is to ask the question, like, this isn't just related to this, but just in general, I think, um, don't accept, just don't accept what you're hearing. If you want to know more about literacy and AAC, like just ask the question. And as, as a speech language pathologist, the thing I always, always preach is like, stay in your lane. Yeah. Right. So like, if it was about dysphagia or voice therapy or voice cancer, I'm not going to answer that. Right. Like I'm going to refer out and I always joke, but I'm very serious when I say that. So like it, me as whatever the school SLP, let's pretend, you know, somewhere, if, if I don't feel comfortable answering that parent coming to me and saying, Hey, like, but when, when's Johnny going to learn? you know, all of his, his ABCs and his, um, phonics and all his, what, and you know, the things that his, his peers are learning. If you don't know that answer, just say, I, I'm going to go try to find that for you. And so I think us just kind of having that onus, um, as a profession, um, because it's ultimately just about helping. Right. So like, even though I might not have the answer, there's somebody who does. So, um, just, we have such a great network of other SLPs. Like it's, it's great, you know, especially with social media these days, yeah. just go ask, you know, go ask and, and phone a friend because there's tons of people who can help you. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah, advice. Sure. yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being here with us today. I know, um, definitely parents learned a lot and I think you gave some awesome advice to SLPs. Um, and I even learned a lot today. So, and thank you for <laughs> sharing Charlie's story. Cause that is, like I said, incredibly inspiring and just so awesome to hear. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And thanks to the audience for uh, listening and don't forget to give us a little rate review and make sure to subscribe. So, you know, when we have new episodes out and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.